Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. So if your kid has a runny nose, if you've got a little skin problem, if you're itchy, try quitting dairy for two to three weeks, long enough to really get clean, drink lots of water, and then tell me if you don't think you feel better. My guest today is Lynn Bowman. Lynn is considered a glam grandma who knows best. At 75 years young, she's funny, witty, and a no-holds-barred grandma who has the formula to live your best life ever. Lynn, thank you so much for joining me on Coaching Call. How are you today? I am absolutely thrilled to be here. This is so much fun. Uh, This is big stuff, what we're doing. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about a subject that everybody, I mean, everybody loves, food. Yeah, although it's problematic for a lot of people. I know. And people don't realize that. No. And one of my missions is to get people to be friends with their food and change their relationship with food. It's a joyful, wonderful, health-giving thing. And, um, and, and we've got so much kind of crazy talk and crazy thinking around it now. So, so I'm that grandma. I want you to think... Good things about your food. And I want you to be happy when you are in front of a plate of food. So that's why I'm here. Most grandmas want you to be happy. That's why they feed you so much, right? But not necessarily good stuff. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah. But the difference is if you looked at grandmas a hundred years ago, totally different than the grandmas, of course, now. But the problem being that we've got this, we've got an epidemic of bad food. Mm. Uh, it's called the standard American diet, the sad diet. It's also called big food because mm-hmm. it's become a corporate thing. It became a way for people to make money feeding you cheap, bad food. And we are all addicted to cheap, bad food. And why is that? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. We'll just get into <laughs> Um, because I think a lot of people don't understand that when I say addicted, I mean addicted, that the food largely sugar, for example, mm. sugar, 
is every bit as addictive as heroin. And I don't mean that in a metaphorical way. I mean, you're an addict if you're eating sugar. Mm -hmm. And so when you say to me, well, yeah, so tell me how to cut back. (laughs) Would you want me to tell you how to cut back on heroin? Yes, only only once a day. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. And what people also don't understand, because it's so yummy and it's so ever-present, I mean, it's in everything you eat, in a box, in a bag, in a jar. Mm -hmm. If you look at the label and you are careful to really understand what all those ingredients are, most of them are going to be sugar, Mm -hmm. because that's what makes stuff craveable. And that's a word that the industry uses. There are buildings full of people whose job it is to make that bag of chips irresistible to you. So you keep eating them. So you buy more. Yeah. There you go. You know, it's it's great for them. It's really lousy for you Yes. and your kids. Yeah. We, we have some damage to repair in our food ways. We have allowed ourselves to go completely in the direction of convenience food. Right. I was, I was driving behind a truck a couple of days ago and it was a potato chip truck and it was ruffles. I'm not going to try to give them credit, but it was behind and it said, our chips have ruffles. Our chips have ridges. So they're trying to say, Oh, don't have a regular chip, have our chip because they're shaped different. But no matter the shape, it's still bad for you, right? And Raphael, I have a confession to make. Go for it. I Mm. was an advertising professional Mm. for decades. That's what I did for a living. Mm. I talked people into doing stuff (laughs) that wasn't always in their best interest. Right. right? So, uh, and I worked for various companies. I did a lot of different things, but the advertising industry is all about getting you to change your behavior, to do things not necessarily in your interest. So for years, we've been hearing milk does body good. Right. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that, but no, it doesn't. Uh, and you can think of a million slogans or at least a hundred that you've heard over the years and that your kids have heard about breakfast cereals and ho-hos and Doritos and all these things. And that's why we have something like 85% obese or overweight in this country and almost that many with chronic diseases. Mm. That's why we are now finding what used to be called adult onset diabetes in kids. That's a shame. No, no, it's worse than a shame. It's It's awful. And I want you to stop right now. We we have to quit. Uh, But it's because food is so emotional and so cultural and so close to our lives and our thoughts, even though we've kind of given up the whole idea of sitting down at a table and using utensils and being with people. But we think we can get that high out of a bag Mm. that and, and you know this, Rafael, you're working with people all the time. There really is an epidemic of loneliness out there. Yeah, there sure is. And our lives are a little crazy, right? Especially COVID crazy. But so many people, that truck driver, uh, 
on the highway driving moms and dads, but particularly moms got stuck. So they went out and got an office job and a career, but they still had kids and they still had a house and they, so, and now they have martial arts and they have music and choir and violin and, and they have ballet and all these things. So you're in your car, you're with your kids, but the kids are on their phones, whatever, and you're driving. So you're not communicating. You're not together in the sense at all that we used to be together at the table. Not singing songs or asking how your day was, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. or arguing. Yeah. You know, I, I, well, I bring it up because to me, the skills that kids used to, kids, especially my generation, older than dirt, um, and just I'm 75. Well, I'm 75. So, so I'm a boomer. Wow. You do not look, and I bet you, you look amazing because of the food you eat. How did you know that? Come on. You're look so at you. Smart. You look so amazing. Thank you. Thank you. For and showing up in, in this glorifying, you have this awe about you. And it's I hope that's beautiful. good. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm on fire about this stuff because we are seeing people ill. I mean, and we know that our our healthcare system is in bad need of repair. It's failing us in many ways. But the reason y'all need that healthcare system so much is because you're eating crap. And if you would stop eating crap, you wouldn't. I mean, it's that simple. No one will, you know, it's very hard to imagine. Really? You mean, yes, diabetes is about what you eat, largely. A very little of it is, is, uh, has anything to do with hereditary. Lynn, let, let's go back for a minute. And you talked about culture, right? Yes. So when we think about the United States, it is a melting pot of all the different cultures, everybody who comes from different parts of the world. And what winds up happening is they, are used to eating better. Then they come to this country, our country, and then they somewhat forget their culture and they start mixing in, I'm going to call it the American culture with quotation marks, because now they're eating foods they never ate before. Because now they're going to drive-throughs, they're going fast food, they're ordering at restaurants. Meanwhile, when they were in their country, they didn't do these things. Correct. And it's the mindset that we get into, we fall into a terrible, terrible mindset. And like you said before, it's the culture, but we're not following our culture. Because I'm Colombian. And when in my country, when I was a kid, I didn't know what drive throughs were, right? And we ate our foods at home. And if we had lunch, did you have a grandma at home? Yeah. And if we had lunch, we took the lunch from home and we ate a good meal. The culture is what's missing truly in America. Well, one of the things that's good and bad about America is we're known all over the world as people who work like crazy. Mm. We work all day and half the night, all of us. 
We always want to be working. We don't know how to stop. Even our recreation is like driving way too fast or playing baseball. You know, we have all these intent. We don't do, we tend not to do slow, gentle, thoughtful things. <laughs> you know, we're, we're always on the go. But what's happened is we used to have women locked at home doing all of the housework and cooking and so on. And we, and you're going to find I'm speaking like someone who graduated from high school in 1964 and helped light all the fires and was, you know, holding up the sides. We changed the world in a way for the better, mm-hmm. but in a way, what we threw out of the wagon was kitchen culture, right. was this culture of food at home. That went away because mom had a job. Mom had two or three jobs. Mom was extremely busy. Dad, of course, had a job or two or three as well. And the kids were running around. All of a sudden, your kids could take all these different classes and join these things and do these things. And as a parent, you wanted them to do these things. So what what was given up is what I will argue is maybe the most important thing of all those things. Because at the table, and I'll ask you if this was the way it was in Columbia when you were little, but at the table is where you learn who you are in a family, where you learn what your parents really think and feel about things, where you learn how to argue civilly, hopefully, in in, in most families, you know, in good families. Unless you're throwing things. (laughs) You know, in in my uh, upbringing, um, I had an older brother and older sister who were always thought they were the ones with all the answers. So I grew, I had to be pretty tough to learn how to get in there and say something and, you know, get my share of the food and so on. Cause I was the youngest one, right. but that's how we learn how to be in the world. Right. Isn't it at the table? And I have talked to so many moms, women, dads, whose children are growing up, not using utensils. Mm not using a napkin or especially a cloth napkin, not having any of the little graces that we used to think of as absolutely normal at the table where your grandmother would have said, she would have come over and just whacked you and said, stop that. Um, No elbows on the table kind of thing, right? Right. If you were being too mouthy or if you were being rude or if you were using your utensils wrong or not, you'd hear about it Mm -hmm. from your parents. And as a consequence, when you left home, then you sat down with a professor or a boss or a girlfriend or someone, you knew how to behave, right? You knew what was expected of you. Mm -hmm. And we are letting these kids go out into the world with, you know, great two or three languages and they're great baseball players. They don't know how to eat with utensils. I have no etiquette. No etiquette whatsoever. And, and, and etiquette is a funny kind of a prissy word, <laughs> you know, isn't it? I, yeah. I think a better way of thinking it is, is no sense of social grace. No sense that it's important to be with people in a respectful way. Hmm. What it is. It's respect. Yeah, it is. But not only respect, but also Respect for your body, if you will, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. That's a perfect connection. Because what we're eating now, you wouldn't even want to put on the table. Mm. 
most of it. It's designed to be eaten on the run with your hands. And most Americans, the people who come here from all over the world, whose cuisine, so especially I'm a Californian. And one of the beautiful things about where, where I live is that we have Colombian cuisine. We have virtually every kind of Middle Eastern, Asian cuisine in the world. You can find it somewhere in a food truck or in a restaurant or in a neighbor's house. So we get exposed to a lot of really interesting food, Mm -hmm. which a lot of Americans don't. Because when you say, okay, I'm going to take away your hamburgers. I'm going to take away your meat and your stupid bread that has no nutrition in it. And I'm going to take away your, which is essentially Mm -hmm. what for health is the bad news is what you need to do. And I'm going to take away your dairy. So of course people are going, wait, no dairy, no meat, no, but what am I going to eat? Yeah. What you're going to eat is color, texture, spice, fragrance, Mm. all of the things you've been missing. You're making me hungry. Okay, good. It's lunchtime. (laughs) Come on over. It's going to be good. So what you're missing in your diet is beauty. And, you know, you're, you've been eating these boring Mm. beige and, and white and brown foods that were engineered in some building in New Jersey so that you had to keep eating them. And you've been missing all the good stuff, all the real stuff that comes out of the dirt. Like your grandma, I'll bet, went, walked outside, pulled stuff out of a pot or out of a little plot, washed it off and brought it in and cooked it. Your mom, you know, that's. Or I saw her kill the chicken. (laughs) <laughs> or you saw her. And what I say to people is Fresh. chicken is the most tainted meat that you can eat in the United States mm-hmm. today. The way chicken is raised in factory farms is a Sad. sin. It it's a crime. It's, it, it's polluting the earth. It's polluting communities. And it's polluting you, your guts, your kids. Um, and yet for years, it was like, well, chicken is the healthy meat. You know, it's the lower fat meat. It's, it's not. Unless you know the chicken's name or unless you know the name of the person who killed that chicken for you, in which case it's maybe okay meat. Mm-hmm. It's all right. But if you don't know that chicken's name, I don't even want you eating the eggs that came out of that chicken. Mm-hmm. If you do know that, as I, I have chickens right down the street and I can talk to them and use their names. And the eggs that they produce are gorgeous. You know, that marigold gold color of the yolks and they taste great and they're good, nutritious food. If you, if you want to be strictly vegan, you'll, you will not eat them. That's fine. You can use egg replacer works great. But if you're going to eat meat, it needs to be meat that's raised in a healthy way. Hmm. And if you're buying it at Safeway, guess what? It ain't safe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is not safe. Right. right. You know, wh- one of the things that, that we talked about is they're producing foods so that we want to keep eating them because what they've done is spend billions, billions of dollars on R&D, right? Research and development to find out where our taste buds are, what has to hit first. So the tongue is our biggest, biggest I would say, gives us away, right? Because that's what they're playing on. They're playing on the emotions of our taste buds. And if something tastes good, doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you, but 
when you learn to eat right, it tastes, food is just phenomenal. And when we start adding all the sugars and the salt, sodium is terrible also, then you can truly taste things. A lot of people, if I have a salad, people go, you're not putting dressing on it? I'm like, mm, I'm good. Yeah. And they're like, well, how can you eat that? And I'm like, because I'm tasting it. I'm, I taste it. It's, it's delicious. And a thing I like to tell people that a lot of people don't seem to realize is that you will change your body chemistry when you change the way you eat. So if, for example, you stopped eating sugar, in a week or two or three, your saliva would have recomposed itself, would be different. And so things will taste a little different to you. And for example, and I don't eat sugar and haven't in years and years. So whenever I get a taste of it for some reason or other, I don't like it. Mm. It doesn't taste right to me. It makes me thirsty. It, you know, it has an aftertaste. Right. But that's because the chemistry of your body literally changes. Your saliva changes. So, so when people say, well, how, how am I going to, you know, get accustomed and don't you have cravings? No, because once you stop eating the, those things that are addictive and that are from big food and have been engineered. So you have to eat just one more. Once you stop eating those, you're, you're going to have a different taste. You're going to have a different desire for food. Just like you said. And, and the, the smells of, and you will find yourself going, wait, that strawberry isn't quite right. <laughs> uh, yes. You will become very aware mm. of what things smell like and feel like and look like. And that's as it should be. Yeah. That's how we should approach food. Absolutely. And anyone doing what you're doing, using their body in a, in a really challenging way, way doing anything athletic you can't afford to be eating crap you just can't no you can't you can't you're not gonna have the performance yeah when when you break some of these foods down if you're able to take the all the chemicals they put in it and you actually to be able to put it in front of you, you go then you say okay now eat that people be like i don't want to eat that that's okay. terrible i don't want to have that stuff yeah so, yes. so many times, and I've said it a, a, a million times, that if you treat food right, it'll treat you right. So I say, every time I go to the supermarket, I want to consider that I'm actually going to the pharmacy because my food will heal me, will take care of me. It absolutely will. And there's this circle, too, that um, food is so interrelated with sleep. And sleep is interrelated with food. If you've had bad sleep, you're likely to want bad food because it's going to throw you off and you will have funny cravings. If, if you have good deep sleep, you will be healing because you only heal in deep sleep. But you can only have good deep sleep if you stopped eating in time to leave enough of a fast, you know, a mini fast, whatever you you need to leave time between when you eat and when you sleep. That's, that's great. So I always say to myself, at least two hours before I actually put my head to the pillow. What do you suggest? Three? Three. Okay. Three, at least. And, and one of my new favorite words, 
Autophagy. <laughs> Autophagy. It's, it's a. Autophagy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and what it means is the cleaning crew in your brain and in your cells. Mm. Um, there is, and th- there's some new science around this. The last four or five years, there's been a, a lot of good research coming out about this and, and uh, about healing and about saving people from um, the diseases of the brain. For example, um, everyone's talking about Alzheimer's now. There's a lot of Parkinson's out there. And, and they've made a, the, the research is making a direct connection between these disorders of the brain and your gut mm. and sleep. These things don't operate independently. They're all part of one. That's right. System and they all relate to food. Yeah. It's all built to take what you take in and turn it into usable energy. So, what needs to happen, and, and your body has brilliant ways of cleaning itself. Mm-hmm. And this um, autophagy, and I'm sure lots of people are pronouncing it a different way, but this self cleaning ability of cells gets turned on when your belly's empty. Mm. If you've just eaten food, it's waiting to come out with a cleaning crew because your, your digestion is working. Right. So, um, and they're in Ayurveda, if you've studied Ayurvedic tradition at all, and it's very much a food is medicine that goes back thousands of years. And they teach um, that in the middle of the day, when the sun is high and you're full of fire, that's when you can digest. And then as the day wanes and the sun goes down, then you move on to other things. You don't, your body does not want to still be digesting, wants to be cleaning. So now, lo and behold, all the research backs that up, mm-hmm. right? And they've been, they're right. They've been right all along. And, and there's a lot of talk now about intermittent fasting, which is kind of a scary word for people's fasting, you know, oh. and that can mean a lot of different things. But for many of us, you can get a lot of the benefits, if not all the benefits. And there are huge benefits to not eating for some period of time. We look at the way we eat. We eat all day, right? We're right. snacking yep. all the time. We're shoveling food in. And all of the science says, oh, eat thoughtfully or don't eat at all. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, you have to listen to the science because when we think about all the foods we are taking in, right, now, depends on how you're eating, too, because some things are going to take longer to digest, right? Yes. And so one of the things I always tell people is that the healthier you want to be, you have to eat water-rich foods for me, right? Good point, yes. Water is also an important element. And so even before you go to sleep, I suggest some water because it also helps. The more hydrated you are, the better your bowel movements will be. And it's, I know it's kind of everything. No, no, don't think everything about is that. better. Yeah. Everything is better. I'm a grandma. I can talk about poop. No problem. <laughs> Absolutely. It, right? I raised three kids, single uh, mom, right? Yeah, I have two grandchildren. So I am no stranger to dogs, horses, animals. Gotcha. Um, and the more comfortable we are with how poop is a part of our life and a part of our body and a part, you know, then the healthier you're likely to be. Um, Correct. 
it's it's important. Uh, it goes in, it goes out, hopefully. So it, uh, what I say, Rafael, is, is you should eat your water. Eat water all the time. And the, the foods that don't have water in them are meats. Yeah. Uh, the foods that do have water in them, it's real simple. Vegetables and fruits. Yeah. So that's easy. I was talking to someone earlier today and I said to them, because maybe they want to have a cookie. And I said to them, before you have that cookie, drink 16 ounces of water. You might just be thirsty. You, you think you're hungry when in reality, your brain is saying, give me water. Because our, if we listen to our body, our body will tell us what we need. Absolutely. But our bodies are weasels and liars sometimes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> okay, you got to watch them because they'll do funny things. And one of the things that is going on now in our culture is that everyone is walking around with a tall frappuccino or mm. something, you know, a coffee. And I say coffee with big air quotes because it's cream and milk and sugar. And so dentists are now going, what is the matter? We have affluent people coming in with their teeth all rotted out. Mm. This didn't used to happen, right? Because if you could afford it, you went to the dentist and you took care of your teeth and you knew what to do. Well, now everybody's holding sugar against their teeth all day. Wow, it's true. And telling themselves that this is better than eating, Mm. right? Instead of having a meal, they're drinking this beverage that is full of sugar and cream. So that's one of the ways that your body, when your body is screaming for coffee, it's a weasel. It's a liar. Give it black coffee. Give it green tea. Mm -hmm. Make it good black coffee, good green tea. And it will be fine and you'll be fine and you won't rot your teeth out either, which is great. Because you need your teeth. You you do in order to continue to eat healthy, right? When we think about food, should we, and I, everybody's got different advice, but I'm going to ask yours because I'm looking at you and you look amazing and it's obvious you've made a difference in your life. So when we think about food, how often should we eat? And here's a question. People are questioning Intermittent fasting, what, what does that mean? How do I do it? If I want to start, where do I go? Do I look on the internet? This one is saying this, this one's saying that. I want to talk for, to someone who knows what they're talking about because it shows I'm looking at you and you radiate health. Thank you. I love it when you suck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure. No, that's, that's great to hear. But I also. I hope maybe some people will go, hey, I'll have what she's having, mm, right? right. That, that's, uh, that is dear to my heart. That's what I want folks to think. I, I, because I, I think everyone, most of us could be at the age of 75, dancing, playing soccer, doing whatever we want to do. And yet we have this idea because of our food culture that by the time you're in your 60s or 70s, you're breaking down and you're Right. You know, you can no longer do these things. And, and this is strictly a matter of how you're treating yourself, what you're taking in and what you're doing. So to your question, where do you get good advice? Well, first of all, I want to say go to my website, <laughs> lynnbowman.com, because um, I, I'm not selling anything. 
except one little book that I'd love for you to have. But I, I pay close attention to all the research that's out and, and the people who are online talking about this. And Raphael, it's, it's not complicated. It's really pretty simple. First, everybody is different. It's true. What works perfectly for me is not going to work perfectly for you. You're a big guy. I'm a little teeny person. Um, I am not a martial artist, although I could have been. I would have liked to have been. But, uh, you know, I'm doing It's never too late. <laughs> well, there's that. Right. Um, I do work out. I do Pilates and, and um, TRX three times a week with a, a trainer. And love it. It's, it's so much fun. And it's great socially, too. So there's that. But we're different. You're a guy. I'm a woman. We have different hormonal makeups and so on. And the older we get, the less food we need. Mm. And it gets to the point where you don't need very much at all. And it is not at all wrong to eat once a day. There are a lot of people who are in the health industry or in the health advice industry who are eating happily once a day. They eat as much as they want. They eat good food, whole food, plant-based. Those are the words right there. You want whole food, whole food and plant-based. If you eat meat or animal foods, make sure you know where they came from and what their name is. Don't eat anything factory farmed because for so many reasons, and I'm not the only one saying this. There are a lot of people out there saying this, and it is absolutely true. If it's wrapped in cellophane and you don't know where it came from, you don't, you don't want to eat it. So how often to eat and fasting? I eat a couple of times a day. Me too. And I don't. I try to eat every hour and a half to two hours. I don't always eat anything you call breakfast. Sometimes I do. I've pushed it to kind of later. So it's at nine or 10. Not everyone has the luxury of doing that. And I understand that. So it has to work with your life. But I would highly advise you to eat in the middle of the day whenever it's possible. And don't eat anything when the sun starts, you know, at five. I'd say I try and be done at four in the afternoon or earlier. So when the sun starts to fade, you're, you're done with food. And now people all over, I can hear them screaming. How do you even do that? My kids <laughs> and I'm going here, I'm going there. It's, it's a challenge. But I also highly advise you, families, parents, to involve your kids in this. Kids will eat what they cook. Kids will eat what they pack in their own lunch. So don't be their servant trying to make this work for them and you mm-hmm. sit down, have a family meeting and say, you know, I think we should do some of these things that are going to make us all healthier. Let's talk about how we can do that. You, you really need to have everybody in on it. Hence the title of my book is brownies for breakfast. And I'll tell you how to do that. <laughs> I love that title. A, a cookbook for diabetics and the people who love them. Because we're not meant to eat alone. And if you have, especially a challenge like diabetes, where you want to be especially thoughtful about how you eat, it's very hard to do that when the rest of the family is is chomping on Whataburgers and pizzas and stuff. And you're the one trying to eat the vegetables, you know. And the, the, the secret, too, is that everybody's better off eating like a diabetic. 
It's true. Everybody will be healthier. Absolutely. That's how you prevent heart disease and all the other chronic diseases. Lynn, why? And I kind of know, but I want you to tell us, why did you become such an advocate of food and with the diabetes? Well, it's a long story. We have time. Let's go. Because <laughs> how old I am. But um, it, it starts with my mother dying when I was 18. Oh, and sorry to hear that. She had had a chronic disease. And so I grew up with normal being that my mom was not well. And when she died, um, my whole everything, my house, my family, my dog, it was all gone as a result of all the money being gone. Mm. And our family, you know, my older brother and sister were out of the house already. And now my mom was gone. So at the age of 18, I was pretty much, I became, I like to call it feral. Mm. I'd already been a little bit feral because no one was watching me. Um, but I, I had um, three semesters at UCLA, and then I realized it was just not the, where I should be and what I should be doing. So I took off, you know, working and going to Europe and doing things. And I was always interested in food, just from the point of view that I loved eating and I wanted it to be good. And, and if I wanted it at home, I always had to pretty much pull it together myself. I didn't have anyone putting it on the table for me. Um, and so some years go on and um, I become a mother and have these three kids, boom, 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 right in a row. And I found myself, and this is another story when we have more time, a single mother at the, mm. when my kids were two, three, and four. Wow. And so, um, and I wanted them to be healthy. And I made a promise to them and to myself that I would do whatever I had to do to remain healthy mm. and alive for them. Nice. You know, my mom had kidney disease. She couldn't have helped it. Right. But I was going to stay there to be their champion and, and their soldier and be there for them. So I found out that I had gestational diabetes mm. when I was pregnant with my first one, which women in the audience will know that a lot of them, because it's not an unusual thing. When you become pregnant, you become diabetic in some cases. When the pregnancy is over, you are no longer diabetic. But they say that that means that you probably will develop type 2 Diabetes. You've got whatever combination of things, metabolic things, become high to diabetes. So they said, so just watch out when you're in your 40s and you know a little older. Pay attention. And so I did. And when I was in my early 40s, I started asking for a hemoglobin A1C test, which is a test that everybody should have. And you men very often don't go and get this test because you. You aren't drug in for all the obs, you know, the kind of GYN stuff that we women are. So I want to tell everyone that it is a huge health benefit to go and get this test. If you don't routinely, please do. Hemoglobin A1C tells you what your blood sugar is over a period of time. So it's not just a, a prick and a, and, a, and a what's my blood sugar doing right now. Right. It's an average over a period of weeks. And that tells you how your system is functioning. So sure enough, I was in, in diabetic territory. Mm, gotcha. But then 
nobody could really give me any good answers about what to do. You know, what will what I eat? Well, how, how do I fix this? Well, it's a chronic disease and it just gets worse over time and you can't fix it. And they want to give you medication. And, and then you will have medication. And I'm here to tell you, everybody, that's not true. Mm. You, you can reverse it. In many cases, you can keep it totally in control. In most cases, you can manage it and you can also prevent it. I like that. Yes. So, and it's just basically the formula is don't eat crap. Whole food. <laughs> That's an easy formula. Isn't that so easy when you think about it? It's whole food, plant based eating. And, and what that, that gives you everything you need and doesn't give you anything that's going to make you sick. Pretty mm. easy. Huh? Um, and of course, you need to exercise. You know this. You need to move. We all need to move. Yeah. And if you stop eating in plenty of time before you go to bed, you'll also get good sleep. So it's the magic formula to improve your sleep and heal. And be stronger and more powerful and prevent chronic disease. And, and, and it's kind of like pretty much the answer. A lot of, a lot of, <laughs> yeah. The thing, all the things that are taking us to the, the healthcare system that we complain about being lousy. Well, good. Don't go. Don't need to go to the doctor. Just plant based whole food eating. Okay. Now you're all going. Yeah, but how do I do that? Go to, and go that, to Lynn's website. <laughs> and I get a pitch for my book. Oh, let me see that again. Let's take a look at it. That's that's a great. I love the, the cover too. Brownies for breakfast, everybody. I want everybody eating yummy mm. food. Yes. Right. And and what's better than a brownie? A gooey brownie. But in my book, you make them with pumpkin mm. and nut butter and monk fruit sweetener. And real cocoa, all fabulous food. And I, I encourage everyone to make the brownies and put them out for people and just don't say anything, yeah. right? And when they say, oh, my gosh, I, had, I didn't even know you could cook. First of all, look at you, you're cooking. <laughs> and, and plus, this is delicious. These are great brownies. What'd you do? And then you tell them that it's made with pumpkin mm. and um, monk fruit. And nut butter. Right. And they go, what? Yeah. Right? And, and they're fantastic. And they feed. So there's recipes in here for pie, for donuts, wow. for pumpkin pancakes, um, all kinds of good things that are sweet that we don't associate with being healthy, but it's all how you do it. And there are also recipes for savory foods, for salad dressings that you could eat and love mm. that um, would be great on your, your vegetable salad. There, there is, so it's, it's kind of, every, but it's also in the book, I tell you all about the sweeteners that you should get now and use and which ones aren't so good, which ones are good. I tell you what to have in your cupboard, how to shop for food, where to shop for food, how to read a label. It's all, all right. Here. This is the book. Oh my gosh. That's so much information. That is, you know what I want, Lynn? I want a copy, but I want it signed. I'll send you the money, whatever it is. I want to sign copy for sure. I think everybody should purchase this book. If you want to regain your health, buy breakfast 
right? And look, it's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, this yes, one's it is. ranch dressing. Nice. It's so beautiful. Beautiful and pictures beautiful. in the book. Easy and to read. It's super easy to read, big type. And your eight-year-old is going to be just fine using this. Brown your eight, five-year-old uh, grandma. is. Here's one called emergency smoked salmon that Hi. is a thing that you can do when people are coming over. And it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You can do this. Emergency Here's smoked salmon. Let's do it. <laughs> I think that's what I want for dinner. <laughs> it's so good. Yes. And then, and then, I mean, I want you to know about food like this. If wow. look at that, is that not the most gorgeous? It's radishes. Yeah. Right. Watermelon radishes. Mm. But here's you know, the you thing, right? On a plate. Yeah. We have to teach or by buying your book, people are going to know where to pick up these types of foods because a lot of people go to the supermarket. And they'll see things and they're like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is because it's the healthy things. Now, the packaging on the foods that are no good for us, they're calling our name. They're vibrant in color and they have. And they say good for you. They say healthy. It's it's healthy. It's this. It's junk. It's junk. It really is. So thinking about everything that you are doing, look at that. Oh, look at that. That's a great picture. You know, and, and who wouldn't want that? Oh, my gosh. What five-year-old wouldn't be happy to have that for breakfast? It doesn't look like it could be healthy, but that's healthy. That's healthy. No sugar. That's, no sugar. And that's the no key. Flour. That's the ingredient. So let me, let, me, let me just make a comment. You are presenting yourself to me, not 75. I'm seeing a, someone in their 30s. I'm seeing someone who's vibrant who has made a choice in their life to eat healthy. But at 75 years old, I know a lot of people at that age, they're barely getting out of the couch. All they do is sit back and watch TV. They don't work out. They, they eat anything that's put in front of them, and they're not living. You're living. I agree with you. I agree. You're proof that at any age, and if we want to get to a, a, a older age, we want to start now. We cannot wait. You did not start a year ago. Oh. You've been. Do- That's why you're so vibrant. But you can't if start it, today. What? Start. Today. You said it. You said the thing. It is. It is a decision that you make. Mm-hmm. We make a decision. Some of us make it earlier in life, as I kind of did. Um, I made some really rotten decisions, by the way, and we can talk about those another time. We all do. We all do. And and the thing I love about not being in my 30s is I'm really way smarter than I was then in many ways. Um, But yes, it's a decision that you make and you can make it right now. And I, I would ask anyone to just, why wait? Why not have the life you want, whatever it is? And if you really are, are happy sitting on the couch, eating crap and feeling lousy, you know, I, I would be the last one to suggest that that is immoral in some way. Right. But here's the thing, right? And, and I know what you're going to say is, when are you dying? When are you dying if you're going to live that way? Right? Yeah. Um, people tend not to think about their last days, you know? Yeah. How am I going to be my last five years, my last five weeks? They tend not to think that 
that they will quite likely, if they're not thoughtful about it, you will give agency over to other people. Mm-hmm. You will have other people with any luck taking care of you. With no luck, you won't have anybody. Right. But you will move your agency to your family so they are the ones who have to deal with your illness and your inability to make that decision. And to me, that's not fair. That I don't want that for my kids. I, you know, and here, you here. know, here, here. You can't help it in some cases. Right. Things happen. And, and that's why we have insurance policies. And that's why we try and take care of each other. But right. if, if your illness is a result of you just not making a decision to be healthy, and instead you're making a decision to be dependent, I don't understand that myself. Bad decision. Yeah. Bad decision. Yeah, for me, would be. Um, I'm too mean. I, I would be really crotchety. I would be that old lady that you would not want to bring hot cocoa to. You know, sugar. Um, sugar. No good. But no, it's a decision that we make, and and I would encourage anyone if you have children, please make it on their behalf. I mean, and you need to set the example for your kids. You know. You're a thousand percent right there. And I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, but it starts with our children. Yeah. It's what we feed them because a child doesn't make that decision. The parents make the decision. So here's the thing. If we want our children to have a great life, start at home. Start at home. The habits. At the table. At the table. At the table. Yes. In the kitchen. Look, I, I, I've designed kitchens. I, I've built kitchens. As I have a wood shop, the whole deal. That's the, my favorite room to build. That's one of them. Of course, I, I love building any furniture. But when we think about the kitchen, that's the, the room that a lot of people sit around. And you want to make it inviting. You want to make it warm. You want to make it a room where conversations are had, right? And also at the dining room table. But a lot of times, there you go. Look at that beautiful kitchen you're showing us, right? That's mine. Oh, wow. That is gorgeous. So here's the thing, right? When we think about the future of our children, don't think about, I want them to go to this great school. I want them to go here. I want them to be a lawyer. I want them to be a doctor. I want them to be this, that, the other. Let's think about how long would we want our children to live and how long do we want them to live healthy? Because if we start at home and we're giving them all the chips, all the junk, all the cookies, all the processed foods, it's, it's huge when we can make everything at home. Even baby food can be made at home. Oh, please, please. Even, <laughs> yes. Even back in the day, I, I did that. It's a process, but it's still worth it. Another thing, Rafael, is I, I strongly believe that when you teach respect for food, mm. processes of food and sharing food, you're also teaching respect for the earth right. and your community in a very real way. You know, we, we have broken that food way. Mm-hmm. We've, we've broken that relationship that comes from the dirt to the truck to the 
basket to my kitchen table. You know, it just now it's just this magic thing that appears in a, in a plastic bag and you open it up or a box. But I, I love knowing the farmers, as I do here, um, who are raising the food that I'm eating. Uh, and we raise food ourselves, which is really easy. I mean, if I can do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> anybody can do it. Uh, it's so easy to have a little garden and have some arugula growing that you just grab and, and rinse off and eat. And nothing tastes as good as a summer tomato mm-hmm. out of your own garden. Oh, yeah. And a friend, if she's listening, she'll recognize herself in this. She said to me, I don't like tomatoes. I said, stop it. No. (laughs) And we walked out to her car and I picked one out of my garden. One of those little like sun golds or uh, those wonderful little ones. And I gave it to her and she ate it. And she said, that's a tomato. (laughs) 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 That's like candy. Yes. Yes, it's so much better than candy. But the tomatoes that you've been buying that you thought were tomatoes over in the corner of the Safeway, you know, the little green things that, you know, were neglected in the corner. Those aren't real tomatoes. You need to find a source for a real tomato and your garden, your, just a pot on your porch. Yeah. It'd be everything you need. It's brilliant. You know, a lot of people don't realize that they say you know to buy organic food or to buy it at the at the at the farmers market is more expensive but it's a lot cheaper than paying for medicine isn't it oh you bet oh you bet um i mean don't get me started on that <laughs> let's go get you started <laughs> well it, people's sense of proportion is so strange because they will pay five dollars for a coffee with a head of foam on it but they won't pay two dollars for a big batch of kale that would feed the whole family if they took it home right i mean it's all out of whack and and you need to buy of course in season which is the ayurvedic tradition and many others we should try and eat in season Mm-hmm. If the pears are ripe, if it's pear time, eat pears, right. then preserve the rest and use them as a little treat, a little flavoring. But when it's when it's tomato season and cucumber season, mm. you stuff yourself with tomatoes and cucumbers and they are not expensive when they're in season. No. What's expensive? I've been and I have looked and been a little shocked lately. Meat is extremely expensive. Is it? Uh, Yes, it is. Uh, I do eat salmon. I love salmon. So, yeah, it's such good food. And I'm still struggling with how beautiful they are. And I don't want to have to, you know, (laughs) eat it. But but that to me is um, such good food. It's and it's also where I live. It's the the historically indigenous folks here always ate salmon. And unfortunately, when Europeans came and tore everything up and cut down all the trees and did all kinds of other things, uh, including all my ancestors, um, they started damming up the rivers and so on. And so the sources for the coho salmon and other types of salmon that the indigenous tribes were living off started disappearing. And so there's been a lot of kind of 
political unrest, and I'm glad to see it lately where these uh, indigenous tribes are trying hard to get their food ways, their food sources back. Nice. And, and of course, you, you have to understand that they're eating the healthiest stuff of all. They're eating acorns and salmon and all the, the, the uh, herbs that are foraged in the woods and the mushrooms. You know, the most wonderful food of all, Raphael, is free. Yeah. Free. And you know what I'm going to talk about? You going to guess? Let me hear it. Herbs. Berries. <laughs> Berries. Okay. Where I live and in a lot of parts of the United States, in, in all during the summer, you can go out and pick as many blackberries or elderberries or boysenberries or all kinds of other berries as you can stuff in your mouth and you can, you'll get all stained and you'll get kind of torn up from the stickers, but they're free. They're wild. They grow everywhere. Yeah. And it just takes a little while to go pick them with your kids. Right. And you can freeze them and you can dry them. And, and they are literally the most healthful food you can eat. So don't talk to me about expensive. Yeah. yeah. You just need to think about it and source it and spend your money wisely. You know, if you're buying, if you're buying a, a health bar, health in quotes, for three and a half dollars, that's this big. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. How is how is that better than buying apples? Yeah, exactly. And all the research is coming back that apple skin, particularly, but good, actually grown in an actual garden by actual people, apples are the healthiest thing you can eat. They're brilliant. They they have actually associated apples adding years to your life. Mm. There there is data that can tell you how many years you will add to your life wow. by powdered apple skin or real apple skin. Apples, apples. with the skin. Don't I take li- the skin I off. live in the big apple, so yes. <laughs> there you go. You but there's a reason why apples and people have had a love relationship for a long time. Great food and berries. Great food. You know what's cheap? Peas. Peas yes. are so cheap. That's frozen cool. peas or frozen spinach, brilliant food. And I, in my book, I have recipes for, for smoothies. Oh, nice. Which for all of y'all kitchen challenged people or in a hurry people, you throw some stuff in a blender and make a smoothie. And you sit down and go, why am I not doing it? They're so good. Yeah. Frozen peas, frozen spinach, some berries, a little bit of tofu, a little bit of water. I mean, you can whoop up a smoothie that is extremely nutritious. I mean, like, right. oh my gosh, nutritious mm-hmm. for a dollar and a half. Yeah, yeah. And what will it cost you to go to Smoothies R Us and get a phony smoothie with sugar. not with sugar in it? You know, so don't talk to me about how food is too <laughs> healthy, organic food is too expensive. It's not. But even, even if, if you live in a city where there is no go, let's say there's no berries you can get and you do get organic food. It's a lot cheaper than having to pay for medicine because you're not eating healthy. Absolutely. So we should still, you know what, even if it is expensive, it's way you, you got to treat your body right. And you said it, you're going to eat a three and a half dollar bar 
Are you going to eat a, a, a have a, a a coffee that's five or six or seven eight dollars? Spend that money on your health, and your health is your food, your intake. I just read this morning that the cost has gone up on fast food substantially, like 30, 30 plus percent. Because people are listening to you. That's why. Oh, we're <laughs> oh, oh I that? love that. Yeah, I love that idea. But what for whatever reason. And so now you're paying eight, nine bucks for a burrito, which oh gosh, as fast food goes, burritos, depending on where you, we have a local taqueria. Mm. Where you can buy good food because they yeah. it locally yeah. and it's, it's yeah. shrimp coming right out of the, the water right here. And, and um, the vegetables are coming from right here. And we know the people cooking the burrito. We know the people raising the food. So I don't mean that a burrito can't be a great food, right. but if you're driving through the taco, uh, I won't even mention the name of the taco place that oh. you're driving through. That's like eight, nine bucks wow. for one. Well, and, I wouldn't and, know because I don't free, I don't go to those places. Well, me neither. But I read it, that yeah. that costs are and people are complaining bitterly about the cost of these things. Mm. Well, well, you can get really good food for that, um, but you you want to talk about expensive insulin? Oh yeah, like I said, that's expensive. Food is cheaper than than the medication. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, there's no comparison and insulin doesn't taste good either. It's not pretty. It's not fun. Mm. You know, having to shoot yourself up several times a day and monitor your blood sugar. Who really wants that? And people need to understand that virtually all the people who now are on dialysis, I'm sure you know what I mean by dialysis. Mm. It's a treatment that you go in and have your blood cleaned on machines huge huge billion dollars of uh industry doing this that's because people are diabetic because they haven't eaten right that's a simplification but if you don't want to be hooked up to a dialysis machine or having to shoot up insulin many times a day you need to do what grandma says that's right and you're like the youngest grandma I've ever spoken to. I got to tell you. I'm not a young grandma. I yes, mean, and, and I want to brag. I have a new grandson. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm thrilled. This is our second grandchild. And um, he's three months old. And his mother, this is her first baby, and she's 43. Mm. And she's a cancer survivor. Wow. And so. That's Awesome. Miracles are happening out there in medicine. And I want to now, and she is actually a medical, she's a nurse practitioner. So there is a place for the medicine that we know how to do today. There's a place when you fall off your horse, as some people do sometimes and break their wrists. And I won't mention any names. Um, (laughs) And and you are very glad that you have an orthopedic surgeon who, who is, who knows how to put that back together and can help you. But you need to help them along. <laughs> you need to take care of your body yes. with the food or they can't patch you up when it comes time. Yeah. So. You know, sometimes I think that I get mad at food and this is what I mean, right? Sometimes it's like, oh, I don't even want to eat. Can I just take a pill? Right. Can I just not worry about it? It's the pain, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, so, and here's the thing: sometimes when I'm I'm working, 
and I'm doing things because I'm so focused on my project. I'm not hungry at all, at all. And I know I should be eating. This is why I set timers on my phone. So I go, okay, time to eat something. But even if it's a quick apple, you know, an orange or banana, something, just so I, because I don't want to stop because I'm in the middle of something. But I always make sure I do because if I don't, it'll be like eight hours later and I haven't eaten a thing. And so that's why I put my timers on. I always drink water when I'm doing stuff. But, but the good news is let's hear the good news that calorie deprivation is what leads to longer life. Mm. There is an enormous amount of research about it. So I would just invite you to embrace your hunger a little, you know, to embrace going without food, to not feel like you need to eat as often as you're eating and just experiment with it. Mm -hmm. And and you're the one you said, I think, uh, or was it me? I'm not sure. You have to listen to yourself. You it's you and your body against the world. That's right. And, and you, you really need to pay attention. And what you're telling me is you're so engaged in your work and what you're doing that you feel that eating would be an interruption. Well, maybe your body is trying to tell you that you don't need to eat. That's right. But I need to drink. That I know. need to drink. You need to hydrate. Mm-hmm. Do it with green tea. Do it with herb tea. Uh, an apple is probably not a bad way to hydrate, really. Um, yes, you need to absolutely stay hydrated. That's huge. But you don't need to eat three times a day, even two times a day. Yeah. It, you know, the frequency of eating is not. A, now, this you, you should watch if you're if you feel dizzy, you know, if you feel like you're really feeling a little sick. That's different. Right. But for most of us, it's just habit. It's boredom. It's I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to eat. Mm-hmm. it's I'm sitting on this couch watching TV, so I'm trapped. So I'm going to eat. I mean, I, I would encourage everybody to really think, just be really thoughtful about when and what you eat, because when is really important, almost as important as what. Yep. And we have thought of, you know, we've always said, okay, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, healthy snacks. You don't need snacks. And there really is no such thing as a healthy snack. Either it's good food, healthy food, whole food, plant-based food, or not. But I also would suggest that if you're not able to sit down and be be reverent with your food, if you're you're not hungry enough to make a table and make a, you know, and sit with someone, find somebody to sit with, then maybe you're not really hungry for food at all, you know? That's right. You know, one of the things that we have to really do is, is create a, a healthy food habit. Because a lot of times in the evening, people, they get home from work, they're going to sit around the TV, they're going to watch something, and they, without thinking, grab the bag of whatever. After dinner, they'll sit down, they'll watch TV, and they'll grab something to munch on, munch on. What I say is grab some water. Yes. That's, I always have water. In every room that I go into, I have a water bottle that yes. I fill up. You know, That's great advice. But also in the real world, I've got some recipes in here that I suggest as things that you can have ready 
in your fridge all the time. For example, great, simple coleslaw made with a vegan mayonnaise. Mm. Um, And it's all raw vegetables, vegan mayonnaise, salt, pepper, delicious. Everybody Mm. loves it. Kids like it. Everybody loves it. But then you get home, you open the fridge and there it is. Nice. So if you just want a few mouthfuls of something to get you through, there it is. Yeah. And it's, it's super healthy and it holds up in the fridge for a week. It's great. It gets better thing, every day. Right? Prepare it. Prepare it. Think about it. Plan. Have it so you don't freak out at the last minute and grab the wrong stuff. And, and of course, nuts. You know this, that nuts are a great oh, thing that you can just power down if you need to to get through. And I have, I have a set of 12, um, I don't like to call them rules, but that's kind of what they are. And one of them is never show up hungry. Don't go anywhere hungry because that's where bad mistakes are made. That's where your judgment leaves you when you, when you get there and there's food, but it's not what you ought to be eating. And so of course you're going to have some, and you know, you don't want to be rude. You're going to have some and and also never travel, never go anywhere, never get in the car. Always have food with you. Yeah. Particularly if you're diabetic or if you're in that range, always have a, a little bit of nuts, something. I've got some suggestions in the book. You you just don't travel hungry because you'll you'll fall into the ditch. You'll go wrong. Yeah. Um, so you, you have to think that much ahead. And these are habits. Yeah. Would would you say? Would you say one of your rules is don't go shopping for food when you're hungry? Um, I don't want you shopping where you're shopping now either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying, let's say we go to the, the farmer's market. You shouldn't go hungry anyway. I, no, go to the farmer's market hungry. That's fine. Because oh, that's then you're okay. going to say, oh, that looks really good. And they're going to say, yeah, want to taste the strawberries or the mm. apricots? And you're going to go, yeah, I want to taste those. And you're going to taste them and go, oh, that's really great. Mm. Where you don't want to go hungry, and let me describe to you the yes, siren song. You walk in the door of the Safeway, and you go to the right, and it's an acre of bakery goods, mm. right? And you're going, oh, my gosh, cupcakes, donuts, cakes. And then right over there is the deli bar with the hot foods. And you're thinking, oh, fried chicken. Mm. Oh, my gosh, that looks so good. And then you... And then you go around the corner and it's liquor for two aisles. And this is actually how the grocery store is arranged. And you're going to wow. think about later when you go shopping and get this. Yes, it's what she said. It's like, okay, you go through the bakery and then you go to the deli and then there's the meat back there. And then you turn the corner and there's, there's the booze, two aisles, hard wow. liquor and then the wine. And then you turn the corner. What's next? Ice cream. Oh, and then you turn the corner and what's next? Cereal. Mm-hmm. Guess what's over in the corner at the very Tucked end? Away, yeah. <laughs> the That's where broccoli is. Yep. The broccoli's back there going, hey, you know, hey, you know. And in the days when COVID started, people say, well, the grocery store's empty shelves, there's nothing. Guess what? There were plenty of bunches of broccoli, there was plenty of arugula, mm-hmm. there was plenty of celery. You just didn't go back there ever because you were up there in the bakery section. And then now the front of the store is all grab and go. Mm, That's right. All these prepared overpackaged things that you can just get one and there's dinner, right? And it's mashed potatoes and 
meatloaves and gravy. Well, you, you know. worked in the industry. You know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you to buy it quick. They want and to make, good they at need it. to make a buck. So they don't care about you. They care about the bottom line. They are making literally, it's a trillion dollar industry. Big food, we call it fondly. Trillion dollars. And um, a guy named Michael Moss has written a couple of brilliant books about this. One of them is called Hooked, that talks exactly about how this industry works and how they hook you. If you, I mean, it, it, just so you know, I'm not making this up. He's got a Pulitzer Prize and he's, you know, bestseller on the Times. And we're, I'm not the only one talking about this. There are a lot of us out beating the pavement, trying to get people to understand how we've got a whole country here poisoning ourselves with bad food. So can we stop? What, what would you say to my audience? What's one of the best advices you can give them to start? And of course, I'm going to say it. They have to get your book. But once they buy your book, what's the best advice? How do we start regaining our health through food? The things that I would tell you to do first. And, you know, I'm not that grandma that does baby steps. Not about baby steps. Uh Um, The first thing you need, need to do is seriously give up sugar. I mean, in every form. Start today. Take the needle out. Take the needle out of your arm. Yeah. (laughs) Get rid of that person selling you that drug. Get rid of sugar. That's number one. I would highly advise you to give up dairy. I don't mean eggs. I mean, anything coming out of a cow Mm. is going to be bad for you. It's full of everything that cow is eating and experiencing you put in your body. So the cow that is being filled with antibiotics and is being poked and prodded and living a really lousy life, that's what you're eating. And I don't want that for you. Plus, most of us have big allergic reaction going on all the time. And we think it's just normal, but it's allergies to milk products. So if your kid has a runny nose, if you've got a little skin problem, if you're itchy, try quitting dairy for two to three weeks long enough to really get clean, drink lots of water, and then tell me if you don't think you feel better. Oh, I know you will. Absolutely. You will. Absolutely. And then the other thing, Raphael, that people don't understand, there's all this huge industry out there for weight loss. If you would stop eating sugar and stop eating dairy, just those things, Hmm. just those things, the weight would start to fall off. Just like, I mean, like magic. Yeah. And you have to move. And, and you have to move. That's your deal. That's what. <laughs> that's, no, you do have to move. But so many people have been frustrated over the years. It's like, I work out, I walk, I ride a bicycle, and I just can't get rid of this weight. Get rid of the sugar. Get rid of the dairy. Do what I tell you in the book, everything else. But if you, if you just get rid of the sugar and the dairy, it's a great fast start and you will come out of the gate going wow how did i ever manage before because you'll have more energy you say more energy without the sugar yes absolutely much more energy without the sugar get high on on great foods right yeah and get a little bit high on just not eating for a while skip a meal and if you haven't had sugar 
That's a lot easier, by the way. It's much easier because the sugar, you, everybody knows this. You eat the sugar and then you crash. Your whole system crashes and, and it starts crying for more food, more sugar. Of course. So that's what I, that's my one, two boom advice. I love it. Lynn, you've taught me so much today. Have I? Oh, absolutely. I want to be beautiful like you when, when, you know, I hit your age and I know you have another hundred years ahead of you. You are doing amazing things. And thank you so much for sharing with us today. I really appreciate it. I am so happy to be here and to meet you and know you better. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. What advice would you give someone? And you decided to do podcasts. You decided to write a book because you see a need. I did. What advice would you give someone who also sees a need to how, how would they go for it? How did you do it? Well, I did it with the tools that I had. My, mm-hmm. I, my career had prepared me. I knew I published books before. So I was prepared to do that. Marketing a book today is a whole different thing. So mm-hmm. I, it, the world has really changed. But, and, and a lot of it is, is following what excites you, mm-hmm. Raphael. I mean, you know, I, this whole podcast thing was my kids saying, you really need to do this. And me going, <laughs> And, but I, I took their advice and, um, I tried it and it turned out to be this fun, interesting thing that you and I were talking earlier. It's such, it's just been such a a great gift to me. So I was out of my comfort zone way out and kind of spooky about, well, why me? You know, why, who's going to want to hear this old grandma talking about this stuff? Mm -hmm. But you, you have to you have to put those voices aside when you have a strong voice saying, go ahead. You know, it looks like fun. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> and the older we get, I think, in a way, if you're healthy, the easier it gets to go. Yeah. What have I got to lose? Yeah. You know, I, I don't have to be that girl that I thought I wanted to be when I was 13 or or 25. I get to be who I am now. And and in my case. The, the most fun I have really uh, outside of my, my home is talking to people about good health. Yeah. I, if, if I can get one or two people to have, to live more fully and be happier and have better health, wouldn't that be worth doing what I'm doing? Yeah. That's what got me here. Thank you so much for doing what you are doing. I really, really You're welcome. appreciate you. And everybody, thank you so much for listening today. And Lynn, tell us, tell us your website so we can get the book again. It's lynnbowman.com, L-Y-N-N-E-B-O-W-M-A-N.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere. And, and the book is on Amazon and at independent booksellers and everywhere. But if you'll go to lynnbowman.com, you'll, you'll see all that. Um, and I hope you'll pick it up and I want to hear from you. There's a, there's a form on the website where you can send me a message. I love that. I love people trying the, the recipes and trying a new way of eating and then letting me know and asking me questions. I'm happy to help when I can. That's awesome. Thank you again. This was amazing. You're amazing. Thanks. And have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. I plan to. You too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast 
on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you and I really appreciate your help.